once again, we find ourselves here and uh, adapting to uh, change and doing our best to continue to seek the Lord in all that we do on a daily basis. And um, I'm grateful for uh, just the, the usage of technology and the fact that we can call one another and see one another uh, despite uh, the shelter in place. And um, we're, uh, we're just holding on. We're trusting in the Lord. So good morning, church. Um, another day, and I'm grateful to uh, come before the Lord and come before you all and uh, just excited to share uh, the message this morning. And so uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, just go ahead and bow our hearts before the Lord and pray and ask for his blessing upon his word and uh, this message that it would be anointed. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for this opportunity to uh, discuss your word, to share your truth, Lord that you uh, have for us this morning. I, I pray that you would give us uh, understanding to rightfully divide your word, Father, not only to hear it, but to uh, grab hold of it, Lord, to apply it to our lives, to see the relevant truth that it plays today, currently in all of our lives and how it is so applicable to us, Lord. Help us to uh, seek your face, Lord, and help us to bring honor and glory to you. We thank you and we praise you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. So the portion of scripture we'll be going over this morning is found in Acts chapter 13, verses 26 through 37. And I'll go ahead and read the scripture and then we will uh, go ahead and begin to just look at these verses closely and see what relevant truth we can find uh, in it this morning. So I'll go ahead and begin in verse 26. And it reads, Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilling them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. Verse 36, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. 
And this is a beautiful portion of scripture that just goes more in depth into the whole principle of who Jesus is, why he was led to the cross, why he rose from the dead, and why we put our faith and trust in him and not in man. I've entitled this message, Incorruptible. And isn't that so true? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not corruptible. There's nothing that can erode or corrupt the purpose of Jesus Christ and he who he is in his godliness. Today, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we're going to go a little bit more in depth concerning this sermon that Paul was preaching to those in the synagogue here. This is more or less of a continuation from the message from last week, but we're going to focus on specific things that Paul is bringing out and how this rich truth should affect those who are understanding this teaching, who are enlightened by the Holy Spirit to be made aware of this truth. This is not only for the Jews of that day and age, but for us as well. This is very applicable to us today. The main points that we'll focus on this morning, I have uh, several of them. The first one is, those who don't recognize the truth of who Jesus Christ is, ultimately will condemn him, unless the Lord shows them his truth, they will condemn Jesus even without knowing it. Today, many will say, I didn't nail Jesus to the cross, I wasn't even alive back then, so how am I condemning him? But the reality is this, even beyond the Jews that he was speaking to of that day, all of mankind has condemned Jesus Christ to the cross because of our sin nature. It was because of sin, because of our sin, that he was led to the cross in the first place to become the ultimate sacrifice for sin. So today, for all who are alive, who are alive, and are available to hear the message of Jesus Christ, if we hear the truth of the gospel, and yet we still reject him and his message, then we are ultimately condemning him to that cross. And not only if we refuse to to hear the message, but there may be those as well that do hear the message, but still yet reject him as their savior. That rejection of Jesus Christ to save one's soul and to uh, uh, save one from their own sin is an act of condemnation, is an act of nailing him to the cross again. That's the first main point. The second Uh, main point that we'll focus on this morning is the power of the resurrection. This is exactly why it is called good news. Because Jesus Christ is the only one who has the power to raise from the dead and to defeat sin, death, and the grave. That is why he is such a big deal. That is why, because no one else could do what he has done. No one else can claim it. No one else can come through and 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 produce what Jesus produced. He is the only one. Only when we truly understand the sentence of hell and death that was upon us because of our sin nature, will we ever 
begin to appreciate all that Jesus Christ and his resurrection has done for us. It's simply that. If we don't understand, if we don't get the gravity of what is in our hearts apart from Christ, just that natural bend towards sin, then we're not really going to have a true appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. But when we understand that, man, I was born a sinner, born bent for hell, born alienated from God, then when Jesus Christ comes into our hearts and, and, and we begin to understand what we've been saved from, oh man, it's just... It's it's overwhelming, and that's why many times, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, a thing where people, we don't have any words for. We can't describe it. It's indescribable, the mercy and the grace that has been shown to us by the love of Jesus Christ. The last main point that we'll focus on this morning is the simple fact that Jesus Christ is incorruptible. We can see the examples of David and Jesus Though David was truly a man after God's own heart, he was corruptible. Both died physical deaths, but only Jesus Christ arose from the grave. Jesus Christ in his divine nature can never be corrupted. While the natural man, because of our sinful nature, will be corrupted, meaning we must die a physical death, we alone can't conquer it. We need Jesus Christ to defeat sin and death for us. And so now that we have the framework of what this portion of Scripture is going to be about, let's go ahead and look a bit closer at these verses. And we'll start with Acts chapter 13, verse 26 through 29. And I'll go ahead and read those several verses right now. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham... And those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. So right off the bat, as we look at this, Paul again is addressing those who call themselves sons of Abraham. Now we know that he was spoke, speaking, excuse me, mostly to Jews. But this is where delving deeper into the scriptures, whether using other translations i know uh, some people like to do that they they may you know um they may enjoy the king james and they'll new they'll they'll use a few other translations as well just to get different background or uh you know a lot of times even a reputable commentary this is where delving deeper into the scripture or if you have a study bible where where it gives you corresponding scriptures because we know uh scripture supports scripture it's never going to be out of whack this is where taking that time to delve deeper into the Word of God comes into play. Because if you look at it, let's go back to the last part of verse 26. Paul is also addressing those who are among the sons of Abraham who feared God. Now other translations say that these others who feared God were Gentiles. 
So it's interesting because if you recall Romans chapter 9 verses 6 through uh, 8, it tells us, and I'll go ahead and read it. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descendants from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 tells us, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So it's clear that Paul is truly speaking to whomever has heard and trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, whether Jew or Gentile. The application for us today is this. Our race, our culture, our upbringing, or religious background will never save us. It's, it's not about that. Those things have a place and they are pointing us to Jesus, but those things in and of themselves cannot save us. You see, many times people will assume, well, my parents, you know, they're, they're, they're Christians and, and, and I was raised in a Christian home that I'm automatically, I'm, I'm saved, I'm great, you know, I'm good I'm, I'm because my parents were, were Christian or my parents are Christians. Uh, being a preacher's kid, it doesn't mean that you're saved. You see, every individual has to determine in their own mind and heart that they have settled who Jesus Christ is to them. There's a big aspect of walking with Christ that is very individual and personal because no one can believe for you. No one can reject Christ for you. Only you can profess that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life or not. An example, um, you know, I have, you know, uh, my son and, and, and my daughter, Kalos and Tirza, we, me and my wife love our children dearly, obviously, as any parents love their children dearly. We want the best for them. Um, we're doing our best to raise them up in a Christian home, to raise them up with, with biblical principles. But at the end of the day, there's ha there's going to come a time in both of their lives where they can't piggyback off of mommy and daddy's relationship with Jesus Christ. They've been given the information. Now they're going to have to determine, do they take this information as truth? Do they seek Jesus out on their own? And, and, and the Holy Spirit illuminates their hearts to understanding the truth of Christ. And they ask him into their hearts. But this is something that's an individual choice and an individual responsibility. I'm not saying that we save ourselves, but... You're not saved just because you were raised in a Christian home or brought up in the church. And I'm sure we all know many cases, unfortunately, of people who've been raised in Christian homes and brought up in the church. And they've gone as far away from the church as you could possibly go. And Paul was briefly touching on this here with his statement he made. You see, back then, many Jews were like, we're good. We're the chosen people of God because we are the nation of Israel and we belong to one of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
But again, your race doesn't determine your status with God. Your faith or your lack of faith does. We see the Lord's heart here in this first verse. The mercy and the grace that he has for his creation. The message of salvation was brought to both Jew and Gentile. We know this because the Lord's desire is that none perish, but that all come to repentance. It's not that he is slow to his judgment. He wants everyone to be saved. We know not all will be saved. We can't preach that because that's heretical. You know, Jesus taught more on hell than he taught about heaven. So we know, unfortunately, there will be those who will not be saved. But God's desire God the Father's desire is that all come to repentance and receive His Son, Jesus Christ, as their Savior. Paul basically went on to explain how many of these citizens of Jerusalem and the religious leaders, they were clueless about what the prophets and Jesus spoke of and about Jesus. Basically, how the prophets pointed to Jesus Christ and how Jesus was speaking of Himself. They didn't get it. This, what I'm about to say, is extremely important. Actually, what the Bible points out is extremely important because it points out right here that they heard the message every Sabbath. Now, this is so important because for us today, this is a direct warning of being so close and so used to the teachings of Jesus Christ that we can actually fool ourselves into believing that we can slack off because we've heard it before. And I mean, I've heard it many times. The reality is this, just look at an example. We know that the Bible is clear that the, the devil is a, is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'm sure you guys have heard it many a times um, that it's the National Geographic example any stragglers, you know, you got gazelles roaming through, uh, you know, somewhere in Africa and the lions are crouching, waiting for who? Who are they waiting for? There's a pack. They're waiting for those stragglers. Those are sick. Those are weak that are not with the pack. Any stragglers will get devoured. You see, we become stragglers in Christ by becoming spiritually lazy spiritually prideful or spiritually content meaning spiritually lazy well i already know about christ i know about the resurrection i i, I mean you know I, I i i listen to worship music a couple times a week i you know I, I read my bible on sundays i really don't need to read my bible every day I, I really don't need to pray every day that's one and you become a straggler that way or becoming spiritually prideful priding yourself or myself on the fact that well i read my bible every day i pray every day and i you know i do this and that and i spend so much time and we can become stragglers in that way alienated from not only jesus but the rest of his people because we think think we got it all together or content i'm i'm good i i don't i don't need to do anything because i just know i'm okay i'm kept in christ you see we don't want to misconstrue the word and twist it into something else just remember the, the 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 man who wanted to build bigger barns right he wanted to build bigger barns so he could kick back and relax and what happened the lord appeared to him that night and said foolish man your 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 soul is required of you. He built all these bigger barns and he had all these great plans of doing all this and that. And unfortunately, his time was up here and he was going to be judged for his lack of faith. 
This all plays into the 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 the, the people in the synagogue here that uh, that Paul was speaking to. This plays into their lack of understanding the prophets and Jesus, which then led them to having him crucified. Though he was guiltless and surely didn't deserve the treatment that he did uh, that he got that he received it was all done to Jesus to fulfill God's plan of redemption for those who would be saved throughout the ages the application for all of this and and what i just described uh about people and not understanding the word of god and, and condemning him is this there are many who don't recognize who Jesus Christ is and what he represents. And there also may be many who have decided in their minds, in their hearts, that they do actually acknowledge who Jesus is. And that's the whole thing of, well, I'll, you know, I'll acknowledge the fact that, yes, uh, I celebrate Easter because I know Jesus, you know, Christ died and rose again. And, you know, I, I, I wear a cross and, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, that if you feel led to wear a cross, wear a cross. But uh, it's this whole idea of acknowledging him but ultimately refusing to submit your life fully to him. That means in your daily operations. That means in your daily lifestyle. You see, it's not enough to just say, I acknowledge who Jesus is. It has to be an acknowledgement that's moved to action, an acknowledgement that's moved to, I'm allowing the Lord to have reign and control and rule over my life to where it leads me to live a lifestyle that's submitted to him. And I'm allowing him to influence my decisions and not just my own thinking and my own wisdom and my own wit. Anytime we do not submit authority to Jesus Christ over our lives, we are in violation of condemning him. All right, let's go ahead and move on and we'll see this last portion of scripture. We'll just couple it all together. The last verses of this morning found in verses 30 through 37. I'll go ahead and read them again real quick. But God raised him from the dead and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he had fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it was written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. Verse 34, and as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Amen. Amen. I absolutely love the first two words of verse 30. But God. You know, you can think of all the, 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 the difficult, crazy, wild, disheartening, horrible, unfortunate things that go on in your life and in this world. And just remember 
right after you list how difficult and unfair and challenging life is, but God. That is such an encouragement. You see, Adam may have sinned and fell from grace, but God had a plan. This is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Sin entered the world, but God had a plan and his plan of redemption was going to flow through his son, Jesus Christ, to save all of humanity that would call upon the name of Jesus Christ. You see, Satan did his best to fight against God, even to kill him. But God is greater than Satan's sin and rebellion. Jesus Christ rose from the grave, defeating sin and death for good. You know, I don't know what you are going through today and what your situation is and how this shelter in place and the coronavirus the coronavirus uh, has affected you and your family. But just remember, but God, he has a plan. He he has in his heart for you things for better, not for not for you, not to hurt you, not to harm you. And so we have to hold on to that promise and remember But God, it doesn't end with our circumstances and where we are currently. Paul goes on to share that not only did Jesus Christ raise from the dead, but that there were many eyewitnesses of his resurrection. You see, Paul chose to focus on events that actually happened. He spoke of true things, not not ideas, but things that actually occurred. Christianity at its core, is not a philosophy, a set of ethics, or even a theology. Christianity is the proclamation of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. The application for us this morning is, what you as a believer live out daily is not a set of rules or even religion. It is the revelation of God made aware to you, you living out your life, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These things, loving your your enemy uh, instead of hating him, that is that is God revealed. That is that's what's giving you the ability to live your life in that manner. That is what the Christian life is all about: living out. God through your actions on a daily basis. Faith in Christ is unlike anything else because it's centered around Him and what He can do through you, not what you and I can do in our own strength. The Christian life is its not obtainable in our own power. We see examples in our own life and all throughout the Bible of how when we do things in our own strength, how how things we just mess things up. I'm I'm a you know I'm reading through First uh, Samuel and and I just read the other night again. You know the um the the time when 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 Saul was you know in 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 the battle and um you know it was looking really weary and and he was stressed out and and he was scared and and he's like man Samuel's not here Samuel's not here when's he coming and so because he lacked faith he went ahead and 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 he he performed the sacrifice 
that he wasn't supposed to perform. And because of that lack of faith, because of him working in his own strength and not relying on the Lord, he ended up losing uh, the, the the kingship that the Lord was going to give him. And obviously we know the story and how it all, you know, pans out. David ends up becoming the, the, the anointed king of Israel. But again, that, 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 that portion of scripture just popped into my mind because again, that's a great example of how when we we're doing things in our own strength, it doesn't work out, you know, and, and if, if Saul would have just held on for that much longer and just trusted in the Lord, the Lord was going to come through again, but God, you know, you may be in a situation right now where you need the Lord to come through and you're stressed out and you're, and you're, you're, you're worried, you're, you're really concerned. You're, you may even be scared and, and you feel like just doing, taking things into your own hands. Trust God, trust God and not in your own strength. You see, the Christian life is not obtainable in our own power. But when the power of God works through you and I, there is no limit to what you and I can be used to accomplish for His glory. You are only limited by the extent of your obedience. And we know this, we find this in the book of Joshua. Joshua was taking over the the, the reins after Moses had died and repeatedly the Lord had told Joshua, be strong, be courageous, study my word day and night, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid, be strong and be courageous and obey. And you see, that is not that there's a formula, but it is about obedience and submission and, and, and seeking the Lord out. And in those things, he will give us the ability through his strength to carry out all that he's called us to do. Next, we see the phrase, you are my son today. I have begotten you. Let's take a moment to examine this statement. So we know that it is prophetic because it is mentioned not only in in the Psalms, uh, in Psalm chapter two, verse seven, but here in, uh, but also, excuse me, in Hebrews chapter five, verse five. I won't read those. You can read those on your own time. But it is important that we understand what the statement means and what the word begotten means. So we just we have a a better understanding of what this phrase means. Begotten refers to the father's role, the father's role as in a family. As a man begets his children who are then born to their mother, that's where begotten comes from or beget. But in this context, we know that it is not speaking of Jesus's earthly parents, Joseph and Mary. We know that it is speaking of God the Father's relationship to Jesus because we see Son, capital S. Anytime in Scripture where you see Son and you see the S capitalized, you know it is referring to Jesus Christ. Lastly, in this portion of Scripture, uh, that we see that Jesus Christ would not see corruption. He would not be corrupted. Unlike David... Christ was raised from the dead, never to die again, but to live forever. Jesus Christ holds the keys to hell and death. He was triumphant over the grave once and for all, never to have to return to be an offering for sin, for a sacrifice, excuse me, for sin. This is what it means when the scripture says, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. 
The fact that Jesus, Jesus Christ died for the sins of Israel and the world only confirms that the promise that God the Father made to his people. This was the covenant of grace spoken of that the Messiah would come through the line of King David. Now, we know that King David was a, a, a great man used by God. He was a great man uh, after God's own heart. But we also know that he was a man and that, you know, like like all men, he has had his shortcomings and he was corruptible, uh, not only in the sense of him going to the grave and, and, and passing away, but also, uh, you know, his 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 morals at one point were corrupted when he you know committed adultery with Bathsheba and then covered it up by having her her husband murdered so he wouldn't be found guilty we all know how that uh, account played out but this this again speaks to the fact that uh you know David would see corruption David would fall asleep and lay with his fathers while Jesus would go into the grave but would rise again. You see, David was a great blessing to the time in which he lived, to the generation in which he lived. But Christ was different, that Jesus Christ was going to serve and is serving all generations, past, present, future. The application for us this morning in this is, great as some men are, let us not look to men, but look to the Son of God, the only one who can't be corrupted. May we walk by faith according to his will. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and, and pray and we'll end our, uh, our study this morning. Father God, thank you again. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you that you speak into every one of our lives personally and that your word permeates and cuts to the core of where we are currently at. Lord, you want to do a work in us. You want to clean us up. Father, help us to submit our lives before you. If there is any sin that is unconfessed in our hearts, may we Come before you now and allow you to do a heart check within us. May we allow you to clean house and take out any things that don't belong there. May you fill our house spiritually with your scripture, with things that are godly. May we not leave, may it not be empty in there. May there not be a void there. And so those things that are unclean will come back even stronger and, and mess us up even more. Father, we just... We, we need your strength, your wisdom, your vision, your direction, your guidance in, in life as we walk through life. And we just truly want to live a life more devoted and dedicated to you today. And as we find ourselves still in this shelter in place, Lord, many people have said, you know, things go back to normal. We want things to go back to normal. Lord, we just want to grow closer to you. 
I have no idea if things will ever be normal again the way that they were. But you know what? It's not about that. It's about us growing a better understanding about you and and following after you harder and doing the things that you call us to do to be a witness to those who are broken in the world, to those who are in the world that are lost, that are that are on their way to hell when they die. They need to hear the message of the gospel. Thank you that you provided a platform in this time of 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 chaos throughout the world that we have the usage of technology to get the gospel out to the ends of the earth to anybody who would just click on and just listen for a couple minutes lord would you hook them in and would you would you reveal your love and your truth to them the gift of salvation that comes through your son jesus christ father i i just thank you for the opportunity that you give to us daily to seek you out and to share the love of Christ with those around us. May you continue to keep your hedge of protection around us. May your may your hand be upon us. May you guide our steps everywhere we go and continue to do the work that only you can do within our hearts and our lives. Father, we thank you and we love you. It is all in your son, the incorruptible name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. <laughs>